Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Recruiting Animal here on September 4th, 2019. I have a call today, so I'm not going to do any shouting. I'm going to leave it to Jerry. Jerry, what show is it? The Recruiting Animal Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Look, I'd like to thank my sponsors before we get going. PC Recruiter, the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. Hire Tool, H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super-duper sourcing tool. And Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T, the phone interview technology. I know the guest today interviewed the CEO of Honeit, Nick Livingston. I'll ask him about that. Uh, I had a question for Jerry, actually, but he didn't show. He hasn't shown up. I, I think I'm going to start calling him the Oracle of Indiana. Okay, and uh, I'll see if it sticks. Anyway, my guest today. <laughs> do I sound enthusiastic? Sorry, I have a cold. I think my voice maybe sounds a little better than usual. But my guest is a guy who says he's got the number one recruiting show, <laughs> uh, higher power. His name is Rick Gerard. And his Twitter address is at Rick, R-I-C-K, underscore Gerard, G-I-R-A-R-D. There must be a million ways to spell Gerard. Is that true, Rick? I know of like two or three. Okay, we've got a Gerard Avenue here. It's not spelled your way, okay? Okay. Anyway, okay, so you've got the number one recruiting show. How did you come up with that claim? Just pulled it out of thin air? (laughs) For my audience, yes, we gear our podcast toward entrepreneurs and business leaders. So you don't uh, say I, that in your ad, okay? I, I do, you I do. Read that. it. It's read just it again. the number one recruiting again, show. <laughs> read it again. It's on the website. It says designed for entrepreneurs and business leaders, hiring managers. Yeah, but it doesn't clarify. Okay, this is only the number one <laughs> recruiting show in this business sector, okay, or this professional sector. I got the number one recruiting show. Anyway, you say as well that your show is disruptive. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? To me, it's just a cliche. It doesn't mean anything. What does it mean uh, to you? Pretty, it, it is cliche. Uh, I, I'm, I'm actually coming off the disruptive kick. I don't know. We, I try to do things differently than most people do, um, and so uh, – Again, that was uh, yeah, it's marketing semantics. I don't, it's, okay, I don't okay, know okay. You know what? You're going to have to prove that. I try to do things differently okay. than most people do. I know this is your shtick. I listened to your webinar, okay? And yeah. uh, I, I link to I it. Everybody should listen. Okay, I just want to clarify. My show is not disruptive. It's eruptive, okay? I have the number <laughs> one eruptive show in recruiting. But if someone wants to listen to your show, which is good, it's higher Power Radio. If you do a, a search on that, you'll, it'll come up. Uh, your company, your your recruiting firm is called StrideSearch.com, and then slash Higher Power Radio. Uh, if you want to go there directly, anything else we should do for intro? What kind of people do you recruit? Wow, thank you for the plug. I appreciate it. Uh, I recruit um, primarily sales, marketing, and technical leadership for tech startups. That's my that's Okay, my niche. technical leadership, well, what titles do you have? What titles are we talking about there? Uh, CTOs, tech, uh, technical directors, um, heads of technology. But not developers. Not um, developers. Not so much. Usually if it's a hard-to-fill role, I'll, I'll do it. Um, it's a, I'm, I'm fully retained, so I don't, uh, I don't take things on contingency anymore. Okay. Okay. Let me just see yeah. if, any, if, uh, if Jerry showed up here. Nope. Michael yeah, G. Cox yeah, is here, is though. Jerry? Good. He doesn't doesn't like the show anymore. I was going to make him an offer. Uh, I was going to say that occasionally we could have the Oracle of Indiana show where he would, you know, bring the guest that he wants and he could lead the show, you know, to get him back in here. But uh, I don't think he's interested. He's had enough of the show. Animal, do you have a cold? Yeah, I got a cold. I said so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. I hope you feel better. No, you can tell, you know. Do I sound better? Do I sound better, Kathy, than usual? Better? I am. I am. I'm. I'm I feel like ninety percent. I feel so good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm glad but, to hear that, but that's not what I asked you. you. I asked you, do I sound better with a cold? My my voice oh, is a little I thought deeper. You said, do I feel better? Um, yeah. No, I I because you can hear the stuffiness. 
Oh, okay. Sorry, you everybody. Yeah, thank you, but Kathy, you for that voice. important feedback. No, but oh, okay. you have a great radio voice no matter what. Thank you, Kathy. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to ask you the first question before I even put it out to the guest. Cleavage on LinkedIn. Kelly, our good friend Kelly, regular listener, she posted on Twitter uh, somebody else's question. Is it ever appropriate for a recruiter to display cleavage on LinkedIn? What do you think, Kathy? I don't agree. I don't think it is. But, no. you know, Why? a lot of... I just don't think it's appropriate. I just think you need to really be present your best self forward um, uh-huh. because a lot of hiring companies are going to look at your Yeah, LinkedIn well, maybe the cleavage first. is part of your best self. Hey, maybe that's the best part, okay? Well, Let me go to the guest. I don't Rick, like it. Rick, that's the man, yes. Rick. Cleave, cleavage on LinkedIn, what do you say? Use it or lose it. I mean, if you got it, why not? Um, <laughs> okay. The fact is that... From a selfish approach, I'd like it if they didn't because there's an unfair advantage, me being a male. But the fact of the matter is, hey, it's nice to look at. Okay, you don't think people will find it sleazy, which is sort of what Kathy is implying. Hey, this is this is not what we're talking about. We're not talking about sex. We're talking about business and uh, cover up. That's not your attitude does, at all. Does it get somebody to return your phone call? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. What about this? What about on a man? Uh, an open shirt with a hairy chest yeah. and a gold chain. <laughs> Acceptable? Ask Mike Ace Stringer. Ask Mike Ace Stringer. Ask Mike Ace Stringer. Or what Tom about Selleck. Rick? Yeah, what uh, about Rick? Uh, hey, man, if it works, go for it. Okay, Tom Jones. Well I worked open. for Tom Jones for a long time, right? So. Yeah, I did. I did, but he wasn't a recruiter. Okay, uh, look, what about uh, a recruiter on my, fa- uh, my Facebook group asked, he said, am I a monster for finding it really off-putting when parents reach out to me on behalf of their college-aged children. Do you agree with him? Is he a monster? <laughs> for becoming enraged about it? I don't, I don't know. I kind of politely say that's not what I do and point him toward, like, some okay. transaction. Okay, let's say you were doing college recruiting. Would you feel it was a, a, a bad thing if the parents got in touch with you instead of the kid? No, I'm pretty open like that. I'll talk to people. I mean, I'll yes, you're I'll you're very relaxed. Them. Kathy's tougher than you. He is. Okay. I, well, I, let's I see gonna... what kind of marshmallow you are, Kathy. What do I you was... think? <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say that you know my son would kill me if he applied for a job and I called the hiring manager. I mean, I just think at some point you have to step away, and I can uh, be turned off by that. Is this an it's actual like... issue? Like, is this actually yeah, look, happening you, in the world? Yeah, if your kids are sleeping on your yeah. couch, you probably are going to help out, right? Like, try and get them out of your house. Well, no. Well, obviously, uh, Michael G. Cox, no one's calling you about their kids. Am I right about that? Hell no, dude. Nobody does that. Okay, well, hold on a second. No, that's not rule. true. Nobody there, there does it. There is an exception it. to every rule, but the rule is nobody does that. Okay, I don't think that's a rule. But hold on, Kathy. Let me go to, back to Kathy for a second. Don't you think you could present your kid better than he could present himself? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They'd be asking uh, questions about him that I have no idea about in terms of oh, what he studied and, and what his interests are and all that. No, you know, okay, Mama, okay. Enough, enough with that. Go. We're not talking about college recruiting here. That's enough of that, okay? Now, look, we're getting to the guest's own real stuff. I'm going to quote the guest this time. Here's what he says. I love, 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 love hearing the phrase, I'm not looking right now, or I'm not interested, or yeah, maybe later. Those are magic words to me, okay? Those are curse words to me, Rick. I don't like to hear those words. Why are they so special to you? All right, so I'm going to use a term that you guys all hate, and I know it's going to piss some people off, but that tunes me into somebody who's not actively looking for a job, and they're probably a – Passive candidate, right? So I like okay. it. That's so fine with I'll me. Get, I'll get, I, I I'll like get rid of that. Okay, with me. okay. Yeah, so it tunes me into that. Um, so here's the thing. You know, if you just run off basic LinkedIn statistics and what people are telling you and all the 80-some percent of people in the U.S. population are dissatisfied in their current role. To me, what that means when they say I'm not interested or I'm not looking right now is I don't want to hear you pitch me a job. And so – I don't. Now, I know okay. that 
they're not interested in hearing me. Well, let me interrupt you then before, so I don't have I don't have a good memory yeah. anymore. But first of all, yeah. all that crap about these statistics, 85% of the people, you know, are, are want a different job. If that was true, nobody would be saying this. I'm not looking right now. It's if they, you know, if they're if they're curious, they're not going to turn you off just because they think you're going to try to sell them on something. They'll want to hear it. So that's my point of view. You don't have to argue with me on that. I don't think so. I don't think that people want to hear you pitch them another job. I mean, look at how many times do people get bombarded with, at least in my market. What does the pitch mean? Okay, let's define your terms. Let's define your Uh, terms. What's a pitch? Sure. What do you mean by pitch? Hey, look at it. All right, a pitch would be, hey, look at it. I found your profile on LinkedIn, and uh, I thought you'd be a perfect fit for my company. My company does this, this, and this, and here's my job. That's a pitch. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Would you agree? Just so you are aware, the, uh, um, uh, LinkedIn tries telling recruiters that in your in-mail you should be including all of the information about the opportunity, the culture, the pay, everything, uh, and, and and they're stating that because that's what can, uh, prospective candidates, job hunters, have said that they want in that initial e- email. Now, the the danger is you give them everything that they think they want or that, that they truly do want, and now they have enough information, or at least they think they have enough information to make that decision on their own. But you're not supposed to do that because you, you need to have the conversation versus just saying well, it pays this much because there are variables that you need to account for. Okay, that's what Jerry says too. I know what he says. He says you can't give them the info. You have to be there to uh, yeah. you know, clarify things and contradict their misperceptions. Don't let them reject it in their ignorance. But Rick does something different. First of all, Rick, when your outreach is it your initial outreach is it through email or on the phone or some other method? What are you doing? Look, I always start phone first. If I can get a live voice on the phone. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Right? Yeah. I mean, why start with email campaigns? I am uh, I am so against this whole push for, um, oh, God, what is it, employer branding and all this bullshit. I mean, I, I see the value in it, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't attract passive talent to your company like everybody says it does. It doesn't attract people to your company, whatever messaging, because it's the same messaging that everybody else is saying. So I'm going to call people first, and I'm going to have a conversation with them. That's what you, what's your thing. opening line? It's, it's, you're telling us you're doing things differently. Yeah. What's your opening line? Joe Blow right. or, or Jenny Kadekel says, hi, hello. What do you say? All right. So, so look, um, n- knowing – okay. So I'm going to open up with um, – I know I have seven to ten seconds to get them to say yes to something, right? The old Boiler Room. you guys remember that movie, Boiler Room, where he said, hey, yeah. look, get somebody to say yes in the first seven to ten seconds of the phone call? So true. So if I get somebody to say yes in one way or another, then I got the door open that I can have a conversation with them. Now, my goal is to get this person talking about themselves rather than me talking about my role or what I'm calling them about. So my first opening is going to be, hey, look at, um, I had you pop up on my radar. It's going to be some version of, hey, I had you pop up on my radar in a search that I'm doing for one of my partner companies. Just wanted to find out if you'd be open to hearing about something that could potentially be career advancing for you. Old Man, that is so radical. Voice. I can't believe it. You no, are no. different. No, you are disruptive. <laughs> wow. Wow. I know, right? Look at it. That's, that's, that's stuff that I've, you know, it, it's, that's just a normal opening thing, right? And somebody's going to well, usually on. You say missed something. No, there was I'm something not. different. You what? didn't say, hi, my name is. I am a recruiter. Do you do that? Do you introduce yourself no. by name and job, title? Nope. You didn't say nope. anything. No. Nope. You're kidding. Yeah, nobody You're cares. joking. No, I don't. Did they can wow. figure that out? And also, uh, I, I couldn't figure it out. I'd say, who's this? Someone trying to molest they me? Don't. I mean, really? Yeah. I would be scared. But they, they don't care. The the truth is that people don't care when you get them on the phone. They don't care what the about the words that come out of your mouth. I mean, they, what they care about is themselves, right? So if I can get somebody talking about themselves really quickly, and then I can use that to position. Okay, so you ask them first better. of all if they'll talk to you. What if they say no? Because that's no, what you said. You love it when they say open no. Open to hearing. So but nobody answers. When, 
No, when I'm asking them if they're if they're open to hearing about it. now, I'm not asking them if yeah. they're looking for another opportunity. I'm asking if they're uh-huh. just open to hearing. It's very no, I'm not. kind of I'm happy topic, right. right. I'm happy where I am, Mr. M- Mystery cool. Man, Mr. Recruiter. I, I totally, I, I, I totally. And if you're happy where you are, great. Then I'm going to ask why, and I'm going to, you know. But I don't get that so much. I get sure I'm open to hearing. What do you got? And it usually goes into, like. You know, I'm going to push it to either get them to hang up on me or get them to, uh, to. I mean, if they say no, I'm, I'm, I'm great here. I love it here. I don't ever want to leave. Then uh, why push it? It's not going to happen, right? Um, then so I, you're, I do, uh, you're like Jerry I in do, the end. You're, you're a pushover. He, Jerry said he's made no, 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 a no. lot of money. Uh, you know, accepting no's from people. He's got a better line. He puts it better <laughs> than I do. He's made a lot of money. You know, saying, okay, when people say no. And you're saying the same thing. I thought you were a guy who, you know, loves objections because the sale begins when the customer says no. You're not like that. You're not like that at all, right? (laughs) No, I am like that. So, again, I'm trying to not get the no, so I'm not setting myself up for a no, right? So if they say no, I'm not looking right now. Again, I'm not asking if you're looking. I'm just asking if you're just open to hearing about something potentially stronger, in most uh-huh. cases, I might reframe that question a couple, two or three times in order to get them to say yes. So I am uh-huh. persistent on that front. I'm not going to just roll over and, and, and back off. So, um, okay. So, so, so you'll ask I get them, them to say, say yeah, sure, I'm open to hear well, Hold on, hold on. I want to hear the two other ways you ask. They say no, and you say, Are you, look, I'm not pushing it on you. I just want to know. I just want to have a couple few minutes of your time. Is that what you say? I mean, you say you come no. back a few times. What do you do? Yeah, so I just rephrased the question. So, look, I didn't ask you if you were looking. I just asked if you were open to hearing about something that could potentially uh-huh. impact your, you know, your, your, your professional and, and personal career objectives or whatever, right? Uh-huh. I, I phrased it a couple of different ways. But, again, I'm don't just trying to get burning, them to say yes. Like, don't you think Michael you're G. burning Cox? one of your lives in doing that? Like, I, I get that you're setting it up to where maybe lives? they're going to go one off. Shot. Let Michael G. Well, Cox on, talk. He's, you're, he's a wise man. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You're you're it's you're setting it up from the get go, saying, "Are you open to just you know simply listening or learning about an opportunity that may or may not be better than what you currently have?" And you know, but it, it, you only have so many objections that you can burn through or or lives, if you will, and. and I get what you're doing when you're when you're you're setting yourself for self up for success in the initial objection where they say no I'm not interested in an offer thank you for the offer and then you can respond saying well, I never gave you an offer I never offered you anything other than just the opportunity Michael G. to Cox, learn more. I just said you're smart. Can you get to the point already? <laughs> I rather than going through that process, you know, why not just say let's have a conversation they're going to object regardless so just get on with the other objections so how would you, you transition mike how would you transition then from from what uh, from what the um potential candidate says when he when he says no how would you transition so if that? it's a live conversation it's a lot easier but it sounds like Rick, you're doing this through email, is that right? Or, or no, no, he's no, no, no. I'm a live conversation. Okay, so, if you're, this, yeah. so if you're having this conversation on the phone, don't even play that, you know, little subtle game where you say, "Oh no, no, I never said that I was offering you. I never said anything like that." Why not just get on with? Look, I have an opportunity. I think it might be good for you. Not sure, but I'm glad we're having this conversation, and then go okay, into there, it. There, there's one thing that is off-putting about saying, hey, I have an opportunity that I think might be good for you. Is number one, I don't know them in most cases. That's right, and that's why you're saying, so, but I'm not sure, so we're going to have this conversation. No, so what I'm doing is I'm – okay, so what I'm doing at that point, once I get them to say yes, I'm open to hearing. Now I'm going to spin it to – I'm going to try and get them to talk about them. Now, just going based off of what you, I think I know, which is most people are not completely 100 satisfied – 100% satisfied in their current role, what I think I know is that I can find some sort of pain point or something that bothers them about their current career if I can get them talking about it. <clears throat> so <clears throat> my next words out of my mouth are going to be something like, hey, look at, I understand you're not looking. I just So what's happened before I 
let me back up. Before I start talking about my role and why I called you, I'd like to find out a little bit more about you as a person. So what's happening in your current role that has you open to hearing about something potentially stronger? They, I didn't and say I, I was open. I didn't say I was open. They, okay. said, they said they were open to hearing. Yes, they said yes. What if they said, what if they said no? My, my comeback would be, is there anything in your current position that could be improved upon that would make you happier within your job responsibilities? Something like that. So well, I've tried that before, and like it feels like fishing, right? So like I'm, I'm looking for something. But if I take the opposite approach and I go, hey, look, at, I totally understand you're not looking and you're happy where you are, so what do you love about the place? And then I get them to start talking about what they like and what they, you know, I can, I can understand the company. Maybe I can turn that into a business development call, right? True. Because yeah. So yeah. I'm looking at it from the angle of, look, at if I can't recruit this person out, I can turn this into a business development call. So if I do a good enough, uh, have a good enough conversation or get good phone with this person, what's going to end up happening is they're going to, they're going to trust me and maybe make an introduction or use me as their recruiter. No, you're right. So, I've done that before. You turn it around into a, uh, the opposite. I've done that before. And every person okay. you talk yeah. to is an opportunity. Okay. You say we need to ask a question that's going to get the person talking about their pain. What was that question? Why would you talk to me? Is there anything that is, – is that the question? What's the specific question? Why are you talking yeah, so to me? What, 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 what's happening in your current role that has you open to hearing about something potentially stronger? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hi, I'm recruiting and Believe animals. it or not, that does – What do you hate about your door. job? How about that? That's Michael G. Cox's approach. It's very direct. Hi, I'm recruiting animal. I'm a headhunter. <laughs> What do you hate about your job? Okay, I'm not trying to sell you something. Just want to know for the future. Spill. Okay, that's essentially your approach. Okay, but in the nicer, nicer words. Is that right? Um, uh, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you, okay. Do, are you telling us that someone has said they're happy where they are, but they agree to talk with you, and they actually in the they end up telling you, yeah, you know what, I'll take a look at that. Does that ever happen? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. And actually, I get off calls where people say, thanks for not pitching me a job. You know, it was, it was nice to actually have a conversation with a recruiter who talked to me first before you told me about something. Okay, so you actually hang up without pitching a job? Tell us about that. No, no. I I kind of made it a rule that in the first, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of the conversation or until I get to a point where I can qualify somebody in or out, that um, I don't talk about the company or the job or the or the uh, or or the perks or any of those other things because uh-huh. without getting information from that person as to what's going to close them, what's going to interest them in in where they're going to thrive, why would I start pulling a whole bunch of content out of my library and start feeding in the, them the content in hopes that they're going to become interested. Okay, what if they have a 10 or 15 minute conversation with you and they actually like you and they just like you said, and this guy's asking me good questions. He likes me, he cares about me as a person. And then you say, "Well, you know, thanks, maybe we can talk in the future because you, you don't think the person's good for the job." And and yeah. and and she says, oh, "Aren't you going to tell me about this position you're working on?" What do you say? I don't think you're good for it. It's not really for you. No, I'll actually tell them a little bit about the role, and I'll tell them what they fed what they fed me. Like you know, hey, look at they might say, hey, I like to be at a large company because I like to blend in, right? Well, this is a startup I'm working on. I don't see there's going to be a correlation for you. Would you agree? Yeah, I I don't think so either. No, but right, send my resume in anyway. I want to take a shot at it. What are you going to say if you've you've convinced yourself this job's not for this this person? What do you do? How do you turn them off after you've nope. suckered them in? <laughs> <laughs> suckered them in, huh? Um, no, you know what? I, I they don't they don't know enough about it, and I, I haven't had that scenario where somebody goes, okay, well, again, I haven't told them about a job. If they're telling me about something that's completely off base from what what I have for them or some of my clients, then it wouldn't serve them well, and it wouldn't serve my clients well if I'm. How do you make that clear to them? Okay, they like you. You've come. You're telling us. Look, recruiting animal. 
I think um, I have a very strategic approach. I've thought everything out. I've thought the very words I use out. Okay, so I lure them into a conversation with me. And then I talk to them about themselves, and I can decide. I can qualify them or not. But also the point is that you're getting them to like you and trust you. So because of that, they'll say, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you a break. Tell me about the job. So then you're in a position, you tell them about the job, you say, you know what? I think I'd like to try that. But you've already made up your mind that you would never present this person for the job. How do you put that across to them? Are you going to tell me, oh, it never happens? Is that your answer? No, no, no. I'm not going to say it never happens because it does, yeah. Um, you, you know, you never know what you're going to get in any call and how it forms out, right? Every call is different. Um, the fact of the matter is is that I'm going to disqualify them, let them know they're not a fit. I will get them to agree, but I will leave the door open because if they're a good person, look at, you know, more it, when I do have something that is more in alignment with what they're looking for, Usually if I tie it to what they're looking for and I say, look, you're not going to be a good fit in this position because this is exactly the opposite of what you're telling me or it's similar to what you have right now, logically you're not going to want to do that, right? So then I thank them and, um, and it opens up the door for me to, uh, to close it for them. They get closure, which a lot of candidates appreciate because a lot of times they just don't ever hear back from what them. What do you mean closure? I would rather what do you mean by closure right What away. do you mean by that? You go, hold on. I'm going to come back to that. I have to do an ad, okay? Yeah. I got, I got okay. sponsors to think about. You've got a sponsor for your show as well, right? right. Honus one of my sponsors okay. as well. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. Hey, everybody, Recruiting Animal. We'll get back to this. This is a good show, I think. You know, you can criticize me. You don't have to agree with me, but I'm, I'm, I'm it interested. It has been. Very good yeah, show. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Okay. You just like it because you're talking, okay? Anyway, and <laughs> Kathy's going to claim that I didn't give her a chance to talk. She's going to spread it all over Facebook like she does every single week, okay? But right now, or maybe she's hung up already, I'm going to talk about Hire Tool. H-I-R-E-T. That is so untrue. <laughs> so untrue. Uh, Kathy, don't make me laugh. i got a sore throat, okay? okay. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Hire Tool, man. I, I got to use some other references. I mean, Trish Durka loves it, and she's a, a super sourcer. But I always refer to Amy Miller because she is so emphatic that it's her favorite sourcing tool. And, man, she's worked with the biggest companies in the world. Hire tool, hands down, is what she says. I recruit engineering managers in big tech. I've done side-by-side comparisons between hire tool, AI, sourcing function, and another big brand name tool, and there was no contest. Hire Tool provided relevant results with full contact info. The other tool, meh, eh. Hey, somebody wants to discuss Hire Tool, go to Amy. She'll talk with you. You can find her on my Facebook group anytime, recruitingtricks.com. And you know what? I'm going to talk about PC Recruiter now, too. Nick Mazur, M A Z U R. You can talk to him, he's all over Facebook. He says, we use PC Recruiter, and we love it. I have demoed a ton of systems, and they've got the most robust set of features. That's a favorite tag word, robust set of features. Other products, they do one or two things better. But overall, I think it has the most features. We do multiple industries and four different types of searches. It's very versatile. I love it. I love it. I love it. Check it out, PCRecruiter.net. Rick, before we get back to 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 the to the to the conversation yes, last last week, the guest told me he didn't think I did a very good ad for PC Recruiter. He said there's nothing specific there to lure me in. Would you agree with him, or did you think it was good enough? An awareness. No, I'm gonna agree. With, I'm gonna agree with you. I think he did a fine job. Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay. I didn't like uh, okay, your guest uh, last I, that much. I'm gonna ask you. About okay, I can't remember what I, the closure you said. What's closure? I want everybody to comment on closure. I don't believe in closure. Uh, go ahead. What do you say? You give closure. What's that? What's I that? do, and you know what? I I think it's due to the fact that I'm OCD. Like I, I can't have things that are open, right? So like I have to finish or close things out. It's just the way uh, I the loop, the way I'm wired. Yeah. So like if I've got a candidate who's hanging, I like to close people out one way or the other. I like to just get them off my plate and not have people calling me a hundred times trying to figure out what's going on. So giving candidates closure, which is what a lot of candidates want, um, I'd like to do that as quickly as possible. So if I can 
qualify them in or disqualify them out, and we can agree upon it really quickly. Can you then get can to the point? Around what point? do you say to yeah. establish closer? That's the question. Maybe I'm not specific enough. Well, what you do didn't you ask say? me that. All right. Well, so. <laughs> I thought anyone with a brain would figure it out. Sorry. Go ahead. So closure to me is, hey, look, at you're not a fit for this role, and here's what the role, like why I called you, but I'd like to keep you in the, you know, keep you in my wheelhouse for later on down the road. Um, that being said, I'm not going to talk to you anymore about this role or submit you to it, and so that's where I'm closing it out. Now what I have the opportunity to, to ask you for can't. referrals. Michael you, G. Cox, we didn't hear you. you. What did you ask him? Michael G. Cox, what's your question? What about those situations where you don't have closure or you can't offer that closure because you haven't received feedback from your client yet and, and might not receive that feedback? What do you do? This is a different question. Say, oh, you're going uh, you're yeah, ahead I mean, of the game. This is the first conversation. Yeah. We, he hasn't presented the, the, the candidate yet. Okay, whatever. So what do you do when you can't because either the, can, the client hasn't gotten back to you or doesn't seem like they're going to get back to you, what do you do? All right, so fast forward uh, through the process. Um, so, look, the, the beauty of doing retained search is that usually when somebody's paying you up front to do something, there's skin in the game and they give you feedback. So um, I, I usually try to – I learned this a long time ago, I think, from John Bartos. I set an expectations doc that I work with my clients – and um, through the candidates, these are my responsibility. This is yours. If we can agree upon it, we can work together. <clears throat> so that's what I do. Um, I set those. I set calls up that are weekly, where we have them on our calendar, and I'm getting feedback. Now, if you're doing contingency search, it's definitely more difficult, which is why I got out of contingency search because it drove me nuts that I couldn't close things out because I didn't get, you know, feedback. Mm -hmm. So. Um, the what if I, you know, I just say, like, I would just be really super persistent and call my manager 100 times a day until I got closure on it. 100 um, times? Really? 100 if times? I had to. No, not 100. And we're, totally we're looking for words. This is a show that's very granular, okay? Yes, what I words know. would you say to this hiring <laughs> manager? Look, buddy, I worked my ass off to get you a good candidate, and now you're giving me the cold shoulder. None of that, okay? You're going to be sorry if, if you persist with this line of behavior. Is that what you say? Uh, I'm not word for word, but like I usually, I'm pretty forthright about, hey, look, it, I'm not going to spend any more time on this, one. Number two, I'm just going to pull the person from the process. Um, so, or in my market, people move pretty fast. And the fact is, is that you get, if somebody doesn't give you feedback, you can pretty, you can, you can guess a hundred percent of the time they're out. Right. Um, usually companies are really receptive. If they want somebody, they, they, they're proactive. Okay. So you know, I don't I, like questions. Well, oh, that actually, doesn't happen here, to me. We, we ask the tough yeah. questions. Oh, it doesn't happen too often. Okay. No, That's you know, no well, good. No, I got you. I got you. One name. of the other things I do is I build in with my hiring managers. Um, I learned this from somebody a while back. So if the hiring manager um, is not interested, they'll uh, we build in a code word. So when I follow up with the candidate and the candidate says something like, hey, um, the hiring manager told me that you would get back to me with feedback, right? Because I tell my hiring managers to go ahead and set things up and and, and set up the next layer in the in the interview process or give them feedback right away so if they say rick's going to get back to you that's code to me that they're not interested in the candidate and then i can close them out again okay. hold on a second know. wait a second kathy kathy yeah. do you want to say something i had to put you on mute because your line is lousy again do you want to oh. say something kathy no, no. Uh -uh. i'm going i'm gonna i'm gonna come back and forth to you but if you want to hang up i won't be offended but i won't okay. forget about you thank I won't you forget about you <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I want to hear I have to Kathy. I have to go I, Michael G. Cox, I have to go back to that first call, okay? I want to know what specific questions you're asking the person in order to draw them out about their career wound, okay? That's a Lefkowitz term, sure. I think, and and totally. you like oh, that totally, term. Yeah. What do you I do. what do you I do. What do you ask? Um 
Again, I mean, it just goes back to this. So what's happening in your current role that has you open to hearing about something potentially stronger? And um, that's and all. It's, that's open sesame. That's it, open sesame for you. They spill their guts. It, it is. It takes a little coaxing with some people because I do a lot of recruiting with engineers, so I have to really massage that a little bit. But for the most part, what does that's that mean? Where okay, you can't say something here without explaining what it means. Get that through your head, will you? Got it. Um, so what that means is that, all right, so I opened the door with that. They might say something like, well, you know, you called me. What do you got? Again, um, it's situational as to what they say. Um, I'm going to just kind of dig in and, and ask why. I ask a lot of why. So what does that mean? And I just continue to ask. That is kind of open sesame for me. Believe it or not. Well, you don't say you hate your manager or you like your manager, you know, well, I rate your manager on a scale of 1 to 10. You don't say that, right? Cause no, you're I don't say that. The, I think the, that's leading. You're using you know, the popular like, statistics. You said 85% of the people want to leave, and they, we also hear again and again, 75% of the time the people quit their manager, not the job. So you can almost sure. assume, you can assume they hate their manager, right? They don't like the manager. Yeah. But so I'll let them tell me that, though. I don't want to lead them with anything because then it's me feeding answers to them, right? So See, it's, I think people, people, if they don't think about these things all the time, they don't uh, articulate their pain to themselves. So you have to ask them. You know, the doctor's going to say, do you have a pain here? Do you have a pain there? You have to ask them. You lead them unless some of them have been thinking about it and they're dying to leave and they know exactly why. You have to help them. You have to analyze their situation for them. Okay, that's yeah. my uh, that's my input there. Okay, let me just see if Kathy agrees with me. Kathy, are you with me or Rick? Kathy, me or Rick? I I zoned out. I'm sorry. Okay. By the way, I think we're saying the same thing, Michael. I mean, uh, animal. I mean, the fact of the matter is that, like, you're right. You have to find out. You got to get them talking about what they're again. They're pain points are right and their pain points okay my final question on this uh, you know i know people are bored already but i have to get the exact I, I have to know step by step what you're talking about so what about referrals you know because you've made a point that you've built a close relationship with this stranger in just a, you know uh less than a half hour they love you now okay do you ask for a referral on the first contact if they're not suitable if for the I'm job. going to develop them as a candidate, no. If I'm going to um, not develop them as a candidate, then yes, I'm going to. And okay. Anybody I, want to comment? Anybody got to say something? Okay. Okay. No. No. What if? Okay. What if a recruiter doesn't know what a custom search engine is? Is she a loser? Uh, no. No. No? I mean, you could be a really good recruiter and, and not know what a custom search engine is, I guess. Okay. 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 Well, I just wonder your opinion. Okay. What about um, – so you don't believe in – like somebody posted uh, on Twitter that, you know, establish a quick rapport with people you get on the phone for the first time. Ask them questions about the essential skills. If they don't have them, get off fast. Don't waste 20 minutes talking to this person to figure out if they've got what you want or not. You don't agree with that approach, right? You're always on no, I don't. with this. No. So you're on with everybody. Once you start talking, you're in for a full convo. Is that right? You know what? Look, there's opportunity in every person that you talk to. That's the thing. It's you finding out where that opportunity lies. That person may not suit your needs right now, but there's an opportunity in having that live voice on the phone. It is so hard to get a live voice on the phone these days. Once you do get a hold of it, why don't you take advantage of it? Okay, do you leave voicemails, by the way? I do. I do. I, How many? Um, not too often. I'm pretty rare about it. Um, usually after – actually, I had one person that I, it took me about 31 days to get them developed as a candidate, and I started leaving, like, just random funny voicemails. So um, maybe one a day at most, one, one every couple days. Wow, what's a funny voicemail? I've never left one of those. What's a funny voicemail? <laughs> the one that he responded to was, hey, look at I've left you 31 messages, and uh, I just want to let you know that your voicemail and I are going to lunch tomorrow, and uh, we wanted to invite you along. So if okay. you'd like to join us, you know give me a call back. They, they hate me after five messages, okay? They'll get back to me <laughs> after five. 
but they don't like me. They just want me to buzz off. So you actually left 31 messages. I don't ever hear any recruiter going, God, I was hoping a recruiter would call me today. Well, if you go on LinkedIn, everybody, every recruiter's got a list of people who love them, who think they're the greatest people in the world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're 818 area code. I had a 818 area code. I had to uh, mute you. You've got a lot of noise or something happening in the background. Okay. Uh, so, so let me ask you. I'm going to do uh, an, uh, an ad for um, Honeit. H O N E I T. And you interviewed Nick Livingston. The the boss over I, there, right? You Honet. know all about this. And I use Honet. You know all about I this. I love Honus. Do you want? Yeah. Okay, you want to do the ad? What, what do you want me to say? I'm in. I'll totally. I'll uh, give a testimonial okay. for Honus. I I like Nick. Uh, Honus a great tool for you to capture and get all the basically uh, the transcripts of the conversation, so you can actually anything that you might miss. It does give you a transcript, but uh, since you're not doing a great job on the I, – I appreciate the endorsement. <laughs> I'll tell people what it is. Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T.com is phone interview technology. It records your interviews and turns the key questions and answers into separate audio clips to help hiring managers hear the motivation, right, the personality, the enthusiasm that the recruiter just heard. Yeah, it gives you a transcript, but what you're interested in is the vivacity, the real-life sound that you can share with a hiring manager, the candidate's own voice. It delivers a ton of info you're not going to get from a resume or a transcript, right? So if you want to get a hiring manager excited about a great candidate, share some of that sizzle with Honeit, H-O-N-E-I-T.com. Okay, thanks. So, how do you, so when do you ask for a referral, or do you never ask for a referral? No, I ask for referrals all the time, um, whenever now, I'm closing when? out a process. So, like, I feel like if I've, if I've invested the time into the person, into the human, and I've done a good job of kind of um, giving them some sort of closure, then it gives me the ability to ask for, hey, look, at, since we've agreed this is not a fit for you, who do you know? Who are three or four people that you know that, um, that you'd like to work with again? I mean, I ask referrals in different ways, but the fact of the matter is I, would, I just I get names from them. And okay. When what if they said, no oh, uh, yeah, what if they said oh, Rick, I don't know anybody who's interested in making a move right now. What do you say? Um, I, I'm not asking who's looking. I'm asking who, who you know who's good in this particular area. I'm asking for names. Uh, I'm yeah, asking I, really for don't know. I don't really don't know anybody. What do you say? Here's what you have to say. Yes, you do. Don't give me that stuff, okay? You know people. Come on. I spent a half an hour with you on the phone. Don't make it a waste of my time. Touche. Nope. I just learned something okay. from the animal show today. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you, like, at what point do you get, I want to know at what point you, you get tough. That's, I mean, you, see, you, you've got, you've got a, a, you've told us that you're a nice guy. You don't come in and pitch people and shove your message down their throat. It's not all about me, me, me. That's what you're preaching, okay? But then yep. when it comes down to it, okay, uh, you'll call somebody 30 times. I mean, it is you, 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 okay? It is you, 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 okay? I would never do sure. that, okay? It takes guts. I admire you. I admire you for doing that, for leaving 30 voicemails, okay? So somebody who will leave 30 voicemails won't walk away without a, re- a referral once he's asked for it. Am I right or wrong? Or, or you say, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. I want to be your friend for later. Is that which, which – what do you do? Come on. No, I get, I get referrals. I mean, it depends on the scenario, but, yeah, I, I, I don't ever get off a phone call without names. If, and, and for me, referrals aren't – I don't want them to feed me names and numbers, and I don't want them to contact that person. I just want them to give me the names of the people that they know are good because there's so many tools out there. I can find email addresses and phone numbers, and I'm good enough to where I can do a cold call and, and get them. So – all I want well, what if you call? No hold on. What if you don't have a direct a direct number and you call the front desk and the receptionist says, uh, "There is no about? front desks in any of the companies that I work with. Everybody uses cell phones. Um, you know, in tech companies in the Bay Area, n- nobody has a, a voicemail system or phone systems anymore." Okay, you just told us you don't just deal with you recruit for startups, but you'll call people at big companies as well. And you're saying the big companies don't have receptionists or security? Mm. I don't. I don't recruit for big companies. 
So you said you recruit for startups, but you recruit from big companies. You just gave us the example, okay? Yeah. Okay. So I will. No, I want personal numbers. I don't. I don't want to go through. Michael G. Cox, are you still with me? Are you still here, Michael G. Cox? Yes. Okay. Is this guy? Is his favorite answer? It never happens to me. Okay. What if this happens? It never happens. Maybe it's happened to him so long ago that he's he's forgotten. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. true. Here, I'm gonna. I come, have a, I have, gonna... I have short-term memory loss like Dory. Yeah, okay. that's that's great. Now you got a good answer. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, somebody <laughs> calls you, when they call you up. You know, when you don't want to talk to these guys, you, you try to recruit them a, a year before, and now they call you, and you don't want to work with them. You say, I have short-term memory loss. Sorry, I, I don't have a clue who you are. I'm going to talk to you later. Okay. Okay. You say when you get a client, you immerse yourself in their culture. What does that mean? Okay, I've heard that before. What does that mean? You're an external recruiter. What does that mean? Um, you know, I you know, I go in, actually I like to go in and analyze the interview process. I like to get an understanding of what their culture really is as opposed to what they say it is. Um because um I feel like uh what the executives think their culture is and what the rest of the company feels like their culture is is usually two totally different things. Uh-huh. So I need to find Pep out. I need to understand what Pep their culture is so that it, I need to understand their culture so that when I get the right what, person what are we on talk, board, okay. you know, What are we talking about culture? What Can you define it for me? I mean, or give me an example of one of your clients. What is the culture? I, 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 you know, when I ask people what's your culture, work hard, play hard. It's usually like a one line, a one liner. Yeah. They don't know what their culture is. It's this doctor situation again. They don't think about it, so you have to guide them through it, or you have to. I don't know. You spend. Some people say they spend. They start sleeping at the company. They spend three days there watching everybody. Then they know what the culture is themselves. How do you figure yeah, out the I mean, culture? The, give us, give us an example. Come on. Yeah, the culture is? is is what happens. It's not the perks and all the bullshit that they put out there. It's basically what happens when people are around the water cooler or when people aren't looking, right? That's really what the culture is. Um, what, so I, go I, in know, I don't know I'll what that means. I'll give you an means. example. I went into, into me with the CEO who had all those great words like teamwork and collaboration and a bunch of other things behind his desk, and this was their cultural corporate values. And I asked him what they meant. He walked me through it. When, I, when he walked me through the organization, um, I noticed that when – when we started walking and he was a very loud talker, all of a sudden keyboard typing got really loud and people started hiding their cubicles and there was no collaboration. There was none of that, <laughs> right? So people were afraid of that CEO. They were hiding from that person. They wanted to look like they were busy, even though they probably weren't. So that's what I mean by immersing myself in, my, in their culture. I'm going to go in and I'm going to observe and see, like, really what's going on up there. Okay. And then when and I called them out to, on it afterwards – what do you say to the potential candidates after? Hey, this is a place where no one likes a CEO. Do you tell them that? I walked around. Yeah. Everybody tried to avoid him. Uh, is that what you say? Well, I didn't take that one on as a client. Um, I like to. You're not going to tell you about a real client, dude. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you about it. That is, that was. I'm telling you about a culture that was there. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I like to be transparent and tell everybody the good, the bad, and the ugly of every company. The fact of the matter is, if you're a company full of like combative people then you need to hire people that thrive in that environment you don't need to hire how do you find out pushover. how do you find out that it's combative there how do you find that out just by talking to the yeah, hiring manager this guy's a very pushy no, I'm a, very aggressive no i go spend time at the company for example i've got a new client that i'm um i've already spent about four hours over there i'm going back over there on thursday to spend another four hours so, I, and I, what do you and do I there? The they, they let you walk around for four hours. They let you walk around. Totally. Yeah. And what do you do when? What, what do you do during those four hours? Well, we're going through the job descriptions. We're really defining what really needs to, you know, what the person really needs to be. We're we're kind of, um, I'm spending time talking to the people that are on the team to find out what they think they need, just to understand really what, uh, what, what the culture is like, what the people are like. What kind of people need to interact? I mean, that's where I say. So, what words do you use? Do you you sit down with these people and say, "Do you like your people on your team?" What do you do when you have a fight with them? Do you ever have fights with them? Is that uh, is that what? Have you ever had a problem here that wasn't resolved? Is that what you say? Or what do you you know? What do you like about working here? 
you, you, you're analyzing. You're talking to the people, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going into, um, you know, like I, I, I use the same format all the way through. Like I want to find somebody's pain point, what they desire, and what impact needs to be made. Oh, so right? you sort so of like use a recruiting things. approach. You use the same approach yeah. you use on potential candidates. You use, use the same thing on, on the, uh, the staff at your, at your client companies. Is that right? And the, cl- and the client development side, everything. Yeah, I use the same format. Okay. You know it, what? I think you know, your show, everybody, in case you forgot already, Rick has a show called Higher Power. It's very disruptive, okay? I think you should have Michael <laughs> G. Cox on because Michael G. Cox is a senior, is a senior uh, he's an executive at a, at a big company, he's, and you can tell right now he's articulate, and he will challenge you on your show, okay? He's not a pushover. <laughs> Love it. So no, you should book him, okay? He won't be a guest yeah. on this show, but I I believe he will, will be a guest on yours, okay? You should ask him. Michael, drop show. me an email. I'll have you on, no problem. I'd love to. <laughs> okay, I'll send I'll send you yeah, his email. Okay, okay. Now you say your job descriptions are designed to attract passive talent. What does that mean? And before you start blabbing, okay? I <laughs> like exact words. I don't like to guess. Okay, don't speak in generalities here. Your job descriptions are designed to attract passive talent. What does that mean? So here's what I put into job descriptions that most job descriptions don't have. One, I'm going to like open up a an idea of a pain point, just get something somebody thinking about the fact that maybe What does that mean? Put it in words. Is there pictures? Words or pictures? It's in an ad, okay? What is it? What are you presenting exactly? No generalities. Get that through okay. your head, okay? Got it. So I, I'm going to open up the fact that there's, you, as you mentioned, one, everybody hates their boss. There's a lack of there, – there's three reasons why people tend to be open to looking. One is their, their leadership, their, their potential for growth, and the challenge of the work or the content of the work that they're doing. So I open up with some content that really starts – that addresses those three issues right off the bat. What is it that you hate about your job? So I, just to get them thinking. The other thing that I just build into the job description is performance metrics. What is the person going to be doing in the first 90 days? So I sit down with my clients and we outline, how do I know this person is going to be successful in 90 days? What do they need to accomplish? Most job descriptions don't have that. They have a list of you know, skills. And so that's where that's and do you put that in the ad, actually? Do you put that, you know, this is what yeah. your goal is going to be? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Okay. You, you told me top talent loves that. They love a roadmap of the expectations. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. If you know uh-huh. what, if you can see what your job is going to be, because most of the people, if you think about it, go into an interview and they're asked questions about their skills. And a lot of people are made offers without even knowing what the content of the work is going to be. They just know they're going to work on some part of a module or they're, they're going to do something, but they don't know what the expectations of the job are. So top performers, if they know that there's some stretch there, and I'm going to throw out a Lou Adler term, but if they know that there's, there's room for growth there, then they're going to they're going to, they're drawn to it. They can see okay. where they're going you to. Also, no, no, I'm going to speed it up, okay? I'm going to speed yep. it up. You're a little laid back, okay? All right, you go. Say I'll, we, I'll speed it up with you, baby. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you should have had like a coffee or, or some actual speed before you came on the show. Okay, although you got a good voice and you're articulate. Okay, I'm, I'm, we I'm analyze. Out. This is what you say. We analyze your hiring process. Okay, everything from your messaging, first contact, uh, interview structure, through the offer presentation, acceptance, and onboarding. That is a consulting company, not a recruiting company. Are you presenting yourself to your clients as a as a consulting firm who's going to analyze their you know, recruiting process from end to end, and then charge them a, a special fee for that. Is that how that works? No, I wrap it. I wrap it all in under a retainer fee. And the reason why I do it is because I've had so many startups that I've worked with in the past that when you present a, a great candidate to them, they've screwed up the interview process so bad that what ends up happening is the candidate calls you and says, "I'm not interested in the company," and the company's scratching their head trying to figure out what's going on. So how do I they screw to it up? How do they screw it up? <clears throat> um, having a completely discombobulated interview process or no interview process at all, uh, no direction. You know, people who are high performers, people who are good at their jobs, they want to know they're going into an organization that is taking everything seriously. And your interview process is 
indicative of what they're going to experience basically throughout their time at your company. So if you're not organized in your interview process, you're going to be judged by that. You know, we had Daniel Chate. The Daniel Chate was on the show a few years ago. Good guest, doesn't want to come back. Okay, and uh, he said <laughs> that m- most companies, like these IT companies, I- I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he said. Their recruiting process is a shambles. Okay, the person will show up, the can- candidate, and they'll just haul people in without any preparation uh, to to meet them. And so they ask them the same questions all the time that they or they just pull something. They don't ask them the right questions. It's not planned. I can't believe that that the the people responsible for hiring in a small company that you know where everyone really has to come through, they are so irresponsible. Is that what you're telling me? That's true. It is a shambles Absolutely. in these companies. Absolutely, 100%. They put very little time into their interview and hiring process. They don't think about it because they're at such a scramble. Most of the companies just get they, they get in, oh, we just got funding mode, so we need to hire. And they, they put no thought process into it whatsoever. And then okay. they can't figure how, out how do you How do you get them to spend time with you? I mean, some of these hiring managers, they'll give you 10 <laughs> minutes, okay? Uh, somebody who's really important for their company, they don't want to spend time with you, okay? Uh, do, yeah. do you, what do you say? Yeah, usually it comes from the CEO, and I, and I meet with the CEOs of the companies. I've been fortunate enough to be introduced to a lot of, um, of the decision makers, and usually when it comes from the CEO down, like there's always there's always a pain that has happened there. They've lost a couple candidates. Um, they're not able to find the right people. Whatever it is, um, so yeah, I go in and I help them fix that. Okay, no, that wasn't the question, but you know, how do you get them when you say this is what I'm going to do for you, and they won't give you the time. They they want something, but they they have to invest time. They just want to put it on your plate and say. I don't want to deal with this. You're going to deal with it for me when actually you can only do it with their cooperation. We'll move on. I read yeah. some people say that onboarding is way more important for the future of the new hire than recruiters tend to realize so that we should actually get involved. Every recruiter should get involved with planning the onboarding, even if they're not a, a retained consulting firm like you. Uh, would you say that's true? I've never done it, okay? Wh- what do you What do you think? Well, I, I think that uh, onboarding really starts at the interview process, if you think about it. The first point of contact with the company, that's that's your onboarding process. So, yeah, it's a continuation of it. But once you hand it off to HR, they should do a really good job of getting that person trained and showing them. Okay, so you don't think that I, I have to actually say, listen, you've got a desk for you starting September 28th. Is there a desk for her? Okay, is somebody going to meet her at the door and – Introduce her to everybody in the company and and uh, tell her how everything you know works about the washrooms and you know where they where they can eat in the neighborhood, what restaurants. You don't arrange for a, a first class welcome. Is that what you're saying? I I think it's no. I think what I'm saying is it's important that that continue through, like it, your interview process continue through to the onboarding process. So if you're working contingency, it's your responsibility to make sure that that person's happy there too. So yes, you should be checking in on what the onboarding process is because quite frankly, your income is, is tied to it. I mean, yeah. let's just okay. call it the bottom okay. line. So, yeah. so, so you're saying as well that if people don't get a good onboarding, they might not stay for the guarantee. Michael they, G. Cox, they last they word jump. to you. Michael G. Cox, last word to you. Onboarding, are you still here? Is I that agree important? that recruiters should get involved in it if it's something that you're not doing it's a added value that you can provide very easily to a client okay so do you go to michael g cox do you do you go to your hiring managers and say look i'm not just sending this person in and you guys ignore her this is what you have to do and i'm going to give you a process that you have to follow michael g cox do you do that yes i created a process or process for our uh, hiring managers to make sure that they take responsibility for like the first 90 days. Okay, you sound a little calm about that. Rick will, Rick will ask you to <laughs> flesh that out when you're on yeah. his show. Okay, Rick, what are your parting words? What are your parting words, Rick Gerard? Rick underscore G I R A R D. Parting words. What are they? Parting words is really nobody wants to hear you call and pitch anymore. What they want you to do is listen. So. If you want to if you want to be successful in your recruiting process, then maybe you should flip up what you're doing now 
and, and, and essentially give people the experience they want and not pitch them a job. Try it. Okay, and my response to that, I'm no fan!